Welcome to Destination Leadership, the podcast for people interested in diving into the worlds of inspiring leaders to learn from them. I'm your host, Katrin Grunwald, founder of The Globe Team, organizational development consultant, and coach for first-time leaders. Hello again. Today, I am back with a wonderful guest, Julia Minici. Julia is executive director at JP Morgan Chase, and of course, we speak about leadership. And what is leadership actually for Julia? It's not a job title, is what she shared with me in the podcast. It's who you are. I invite you to walk with us chronologically from starting with the impact that Julia's parents had on her leadership journey, her rise from analyst to executive director in the bank, the importance of feedback in successfully leading a team, why she cares so much about the people in her team, and many other interesting lessons learned along her leadership career. Stay tuned till the end to find out why this episode is called Being Ambitious and Humble. Wishing you a good time listening to the episode, and I'm sure you're going to have lots of specific takeaways for yourself. I'm very curious to hear what you'll implement for yourself, so do let me know by email at katrin at destination-leadership.com or on my social media channels. And for now, enjoy listening to our conversation. Welcome to this new episode of Destination Leadership. Today with a special guest that was highly recommended, it's Yulia Minici. Welcome, Yulia. Hi, Catherine. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And hi, everyone. And you made me blush straight away with the highly recommended. <laughs> I'll, I'll later say why. We'll keep the suspense for our listeners. First of all, I'd like to start with a short introduction, just to ask you a few sentences so our listeners know more about you and about your leadership journey where you're at. Yes. So, um, well, again, hi, everyone, and thanks for having me. So as Catherine mentioned, my name is Giulia Minici. I, um, I am Italian, well, half Italian, half German, married to a Danish guy and have a little son that was born in England. So I feel like first thing I got to say is like I'm definitely European um, across the globe. I've been uh, working for JP Morgan Chase for now 10 years. So a lot of what you'll hear about my growth, my journey, my experiences are tied to, to the company. Um, I've done a number of different things. I've been in a number of different groups, taken a number of different roles, and each and every one of them has brought me closer to where I am today. Let's go chronologically back a few years. And usually I start asking my guests about their first leadership position. But in your case, I'd even like to start earlier because I remember in our pre-discussion, you mentioned also the impact your parents had on your leadership ideas. So let's dive right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Um, so, so yes, I think I have to credit my parents for a lot of who I am today and a lot of where I am right now. I I, I rarely do that. Um, I must admit, I do it too, too little too often. But my parents have had an amazing journey through life and amazing journey through business. So my dad is in a wheelchair um, following an accident that he had when he was really young. And he met my mom 
in a hospital. She was a nurse at that time. My dad is Italian. My mom is German. And I'm like <laughs> from both ways. My mom moved down to Italy and started um, a business with my dad. So they've been running now for the past, you know, 25 years, their own business um, where they are in the healthcare service um, and they service people on a wheelchair with products that they need to do their day to day. But why that was so important to me and so fundamental to who I am right now as a person is because what I've learned from them um, is that there's no food on the table unless you sell. And I think that way of being and that way of thinking um, gets you to be a certain kind of leader. You don't give anything for granted. Like you don't think that at the, the end of the month, you're going to get a salary or you're going to achieve whatever su success it is that you want to achieve, but you get a fire within you. You get like a drive um, that gets you to push forward to get to your next destination. And I think that has been one of my fundamental things and fundamental learnings that I'll always um, bring with me throughout my entire journey. Um, never stop on your seat, never think that um, you have succeeded, never think that um, you know what you've done is enough. Um, I always question myself and I always push myself forward. And I think I have to credit a lot of them through their journey and what they've gone through um, and how they've built their business, but generally how they've lived their life. Yeah, and it seems like they passed really on. They passed that fire on to you. So let's see where where that fire took you. Let's move to your um even before you started leading. Of course, you had a first manager, and you were working. And I remember you shared about that first manager. So what was it that you take away from that part of your life before leading your own team? Yeah. So my first manager at J.P. Morgan um is a person called Miraya Resnik. And she's another one that I credit way too little. Um, but I think a lot of who I am in terms of leader today is, is because of what she taught me when I first joined the, the company. And as I start my journey within JP Morgan, I just want to point out that everything that you're going to hear from me, this is my, my own personal view and not, the, not necessarily reflecting um, what JP Morgan's, JP Morgan's view. But um, Miraya has had and I think it still still has but a very strong sense of team like for her team was first um you know before business deliverable before management before anything else there was a team and she focused most on her attention on making sure that the team was successful and the team was happy and I think that is something that I admired of her and I am trying to do now that I have my own team, I'm trying really hard to do with my own team. She also did another thing for me that was pivotal for my career at the very beginning. That is, she gave me very hard feedback once, um, which when I think about it right now, it's probably not that harsh. But at that time, it, it almost felt, felt like, like it, my yeah. world was falling <laughs> apart. And uh, but that feedback, um, it's something that you know, I still think about it today. And and I, and I can tell you what it was like, I was supposed to deliver something for someone and we had a specific deadline um, that we had to meet. And I had asked all these important people, please help me give me this information, but I hadn't heard back from them. And my brain told me, don't bother them. Those people are really important. Like you cannot go out and ask him again. 
um, which ended up miss we, we ended up missing the deadline, you know, because I actually wasn't there. And her feedback to me was, don't wait for people. And I mean, she had a few other things that she ended up telling me, but the message was around those ways. And and there and then I kind of realized, okay, I, I actually got to make my own journey. I got to make my own destiny. I cannot wait for people. I cannot expect that people make time to do things that I'm asked them to do. So what am I going to do to make sure that they know that this is important and that the work that we're doing is important and you cannot believe like i'll go through my journey in a second but being in project management role in product roles in customer relations work how important it is learning the right time and the right way to get in front of the right people it can make or break um, very often the success of of the project you're working on yeah it it sounds like it was it was very clear, but to the point. And that's something that when I work with first-time leaders, often I see they're sometimes afraid to give feedback. Okay, will the team members still like me? Things like that go through their mind. But it's nice to hear that example that you, as a person, of course, you you value so much that first boss and you remember the clarity of her message. And it, it gave you a kind of push, it sounds to me. So it's um, maybe to encourage all the listeners out there that really clarity and empathy and and valuing other people as a person can go hand in hand 100 percent. and i think if i can follow on to that like feedback as a leader or generally a colleague or a peer it's one of the hardest things um of of your job but it is one of the most important ones um and it is not about you know, every time something happens, you always got to be, I think there's a balance between when is the right time to give feedback? What kind of feedback does the person need to hear? But it is the only way that you can build a relationship of trust with the people that you're working on. You can help the people in your team or around you succeed and in turn be successful yourself, right? So feedback is super important, both giving it and receiving it yeah. it's fundamental for for your growth <laughs> great we have two advocates of feedback here <laughs> let's continue chronologically and then it, it seems so the importance that your first uh, manager had on focusing on the team putting the team and their development first what was it when you started then taking your own leadership role um what were the main drivers that really guided you in that first time of leading your first team? Yes. Um, so, um, so what happens next is that then from there, like from my initial roles, like I started as an analyst in JP Morgan and I'm now like 10 years later, an executive director. So I started out, you know, by leading very small teams. I had a few analysts at the beginning and then, you know, then you grow from there, you get to associate and then you move from manager of individual to managers of managers and like, and the whole, the whole structure change of what, what you're doing. Um, so the very first time that I um, let someone, I think, you know, you always got to learn and you don't necessarily get it right the first time. But um, I've always tried to spend a lot of time with my team um, to try to help them and give them the tools, the instrument, the knowledge, the respect, the time that they need to be successful themselves. So I do truly believe that one of the biggest responsibilities of a leader is take personal accountability for the people's success in your team. 
And therefore, investing in the people around you um, is extremely important. Now, there's a balance. And that's something else that I've learned, you know, as I was growing up, is there is, especially for women, but I'm pretty sure this applies to everybody, there is this sense of like a mom leadership. A Um, mom leadership. Okay, that's the first time I hear that. (laughs) Where what you do is you tend to want to protect your team as if it was your children, right? You want to make sure that nothing happens to them. That is not good either. Like, you know, people have to go through their own journey and have to learn their own way. Um, And so that is something that, again, at some point in my career, I kind of realized, well, this is not the right way. It's not going to help the team grow and it's not going to help us be successful. So I try to let go of my mom leadership (laughs) and become more of like a true leader um, in the sense of the person that I that I would want to be. But yeah, so that's been the beginning of my journey. Yeah. And being a mom leader manifests itself in things like covering for your team, asking too many times how you're doing, worrying too much about what you mentioned before. Does the team like me? Mm-hmm. Right. When you when you put all those um, things together um, to careful for the team and you tend to actually hinder their growth instead of helping them. And what was it then moving um, on, like from, like you mentioned, the different positions you went through um, at JP Morgan Chase, coming also to the um, direct or executive director, I think is the right title, right? Yes. Um, were there mentors along the way or what helped you really move from one step in, let's say, the career ladder to the next one? Yes. Um, So definitely mentors and sponsors, um, Mm -hmm. super important uh, throughout my entire career. I don't know that I've, so I've had one formal sponsor. Um, I've gone through a program and one formal sponsor that has been assigned to me. The rest have been mostly relationship that I've built. And what I try to do or I tend to do is look for people that I admire in the organization and try to figure out what have they done and what are they doing and what are the things that I could I could do that that you know that um, that make them successful and that will eventually make me successful. So, 100%. Um, a lot of it is, in my opinion, in those situations, building a two-way relationship. So I never felt that mentors and sponsors were just there to help me. I've always tried to build. You help me grow and I help you with something else. And I felt that when you build those connections, they tend to last longer and they tend to help you longer. So a lot of um, what you do as a leader has to be sustainable. And I don't believe that, you know, what we've done six, seven years ago eventually gets forget forgotten. Like, especially if you stay in the same organization, your brand, who you are, um, is at the end of the day what what matters less so what projects or what tasks um, you've taken on um, but as you grow as a leader I think two things happen one is especially in a corporate um, your scope of responsibilities grows your budget grows your PL grows your performance development grows and you get to a point where it is just not possible to do everything on your own. It is just not possible to succeed unless you work with a team. So the first thing is just like a physical and mental brain limitation. There's just a point where you realize that as a single individual, you're just not going to succeed. 
And then the second thing that you do because of this, you know, constraints or this point where you got in your leadership, you have to learn to give space. You have to learn to trust your team, which is often the most difficult part. Letting go of ownership. Absolutely. This is something, sorry that I jump in there because I know it's such an important topic for many first time leaders I work with. What has helped you to trust, like you said, to let go, to be okay with solutions being different than you would have done them, but still bringing you closer to uh, a deliverable, for example? What has helped you there? Yeah. So the first time is a bit of a jump in the dark and you just got (laughs) to close your eyes, cross your fingers and trust that it's actually going to work out. But then what I've learned is that very few times things actually get dropped because if you work with people and if you build a team of people that care about what they do, they'll do everything that they can to make it work. I always joke about this. There's a person on my team me and her will literally work on different ends of the spectrum. Like I am a person that I want to do everything first thing in the morning, get it out of my way, make sure that it's done. She's a person that sends everything at 2 a.m. in the afternoon, like after her entire day is gone. And at the beginning, I was struggling so much because it's like, why does this thing not get done? And why does this thing not get out the door? And why is she not on it? But then I realized she's actually on it. There is not one single thing that has dropped her her plate, but the way that she executes on things is very different than mine, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just like a different way of working or a different way of approaching things. So to me, what matters the most in this scenario is like trust and relationship that you have with the persons that you work with. I don't know that there is a magic formula, but I believe that if you build a mutual respect relationship with the person that you're working with and you trust that they'll do the right job, they will actually do the right job. My philosophy has always been believe the best until you're proven wrong. So you'll get all the chances in the world for me to do it right until something goes wrong. Then things, of course, will have to change. Um, And so far, honestly, things have not gone wrong very often. Um, It it does require, you know, again, a certain level of of maturity and a certain level of knowledge and experience and understanding, not just from the leader, but from the team as a whole. Um, but, you know, I again, I, so far it's worked. <laughs> it's an optimistic it message, an optimistic <laughs> message for all the listeners out there who are maybe doubting and where also when I work with them in coaching sessions where it's less about are the people in the team actually able to do it but rather about themselves and their own mindset of trusting like you said until something goes wrong okay then you can fix it but like having a general trust and and letting go but you you are your own worst enemy in this scenario because it is usually (laughs) nothing to do with the team is yourself being able to accept that it's okay and and you know there is the team aspect and then there is a selfish aspect if you want to think about it that way that is if you don't let go of tasks that you master, you're never going to get the next level of tasks. You're never going to get the next set of tasks. So even if you want to think about it selfishly for your own personal growth and career, it is it is the only way that is going to get you progressing through the ranks. And that's a nice a topic to link to, to the next question about progressing through the ranks, because you mentioned the move from, first of all, leading yourself 
and leading a team and then being a leader of leaders. And I would like to dive into that stage. What was different when you, for the first time, were leading leaders who themselves then had teams? Yeah. So um, I think a couple of things change. Um, and I think for me, what changed in my style and in the way that I manage the team was I tend to become more of a coach and I tend to work more on influence. Because um, when you uh, manage more senior people, m most most of those know exactly what needs to get done, know how to get it done, have a team to execute on it. So it becomes less so about how do you solve a problem or you know what Excel spreadsheet, Word document, marketing material, whatever it is that you're working on that needs to get done. And it becomes more, how do you help that person be successful? How do you set up everything around that person so that that person and, and his or her team can succeed? And so how do you remove roadblocks? How do you help them navigate the complexity, in my case, of the organization? Or if you're working, you know, a lot of my works are internally focused, so I'm working a lot with my corporate, but... I'm pretty sure if you look externally on the market, is the same. How do you open doors for that person? How do you make sure that person is in the right room at the right time? But you have to leave the space and the time for that person to figure out their own solution, to work with their own team, and to come up with like what the best answer for that is. And the other thing, and what I meant is like um, initially by working by influence, is that um, all of a sudden people have to choose to be led by you. Like they have to believe that what you're doing and what you're saying is in their best interest. It's no longer a management, do A, B, C, D by this day. It is about sharing a vision. It is about, you know, giving that long-term drive and that long-term alignment to an organization so that the people in your team, in the broader department, in the company itself, drive towards a common goal. It's really about how also your leadership uh, leadership focus changes from as a first time leader. What I see often it's really getting the team together, looking at the performance, like you said, making sure really tasks are understood, roles are understood, working on common vision, but more working on operational topics. I would say, and then just like you mentioned, when it comes to being a leader of leaders the focus shifts more towards the vision, towards general alignment, all of those topics, influence or like more political things <laughs> within big corporates uh, come into play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, po political, I think, and um, it, I mean, politics always play a part. So <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. Um, but but also I would say value-driven. To me, that is that is, and again, It's important throughout the entire life cycle of a leader. But, you know, knowing who you are as a leader, don't question yourself and consistently behaving and driving towards those values and towards what you believe is right is what I think makes a difference as you as you get more senior in the role. And what would you say in your case specifically, what are your personal values as a leader and through which behaviors can your team tell that those values are important to you? 
All right, that's 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 the <laughs> crux of the whole conversation, isn't it? And I mean, I can of course give my view, but um, you know, we will have to check with the team whether I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually doing what I'm saying that I'm doing. But um, I mean, I guess from what we've talked so far, you kind of understood that people is all that matters to me. So my single biggest, you know, value and what is extremely important for me is care, care and commitment. Um, and I expect that. I expect that from my team. I expect that of myself. I am extremely hard on it, um, on myself. I expect it of my management and I expect it of the organization. Like I want to be in a place where people want to be. Like I'm doing this because I want to do this. I love it. I love what I'm doing. And I want people to love what they're doing. And so to me, sometimes becomes more important to say, you know what, not the right place, not the right fit, not the right organization. Let's find you a better fit than forcing or necessarily building constraints around an organization that, that is not meant to be. So care, passion, commitment, having that, you know, if we drive it all the way back, having that fire in the belly, like being here because we want to be here. Yes, I was just thinking exactly about that. <laughs> That is super important. Um, how do you show it? I think, I, I mean, I think you show it in a, in a, in a lot of different ways. But um, what what you do in be, in between the things that you have to do is how you show it. Um, like, how do you show up for your meeting? How much time do you spend on things that are not part of like your day to day, but make the environment and the place in which you're in. Um, a good place to be. How do you make it fun, right? I mean, if you think about, it, we spend most of our days in an office or nowadays at home, but in any case, in front of a computer. So it has to be fun, and it has to be something that you enjoy doing. So how do you build in some of these routines into what you do um, that that make the place the place that you want this to be and that you want your team to work in and it doesn't mean like we've often associated to we got to go get a drink after work. Well, that's not it because people may or may not want to come and do that. Great if they do that. But there's many different ways in which you can build that care and that wanting to be together um, inside the team. And then if a mistake happens, if something happens, you'll see that it matters less. Because as long as people drive towards um, something that matters to them, you know, mistakes get fixed. Like that's just what happens. That's just the normal nature of the business. And that's trust um, as well again. Trust, 100%. Yes, trust. Um, I, you know, I try to give space to my to my team. And that's actually, we've just recently had some, you know, um, um, you know, appreciation um, week happening in, in nice. the company and, and somebody gave me this feedback that from the team that it said like thank you for allowing me to bring my authentic self to work oh, and wow. allowing me and trusting you know that I can actually do what I want to do and it's the first time I've received that feedback um, and I'm sharing it because for me it's probably one of the most important feedback yeah. that I could receive Absolutely. Like, that is what matters to me and what I try to do again sometimes better than others but that is that is definitely um, what what I try to build for for me and the team. Oh, that's so nice. I think having really feedback from your team members that you allow also the aspect of psychological safety so that people feel 
fine to bring their whole selves to work, to show maybe uh, different opinions, to really feel like they can bring everything on the table. Great. Yes. <laughs> and, and that also yeah. brings me to the topic, um, which or based on which you were recommended for this podcast um, <laughs> by a, I think, former colleague of yours, or there was some kind of exactly, um, work many years back. And when I asked her about like inspiring leaders, she said, yes, there's Julia. And she's this mix. In her words, it was relentless and humble. And when we spoke in the, in the previous conversation, you mentioned also how the topic of ambition is so important for you. So I would love to dive deeper on this mix of being ambitious and humble at the same time, just because I see so many, especially women, having like internal conflicts around those topics. And I would love to hear more how it shows in your life and how you, or when do you feel you are in balance of those two topics? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for mentioning. And the colleague is called Claire. So I'll have to call her out. <laughs> Shout out to Claire. You know, so <laughs> thank you for nominating me. And one thing that before I start that I want to point out, Claire and I did work together before joining JP Morgan Chase. I was working for a company called Symbiotics and we worked together for a couple of years. And you know, if you want to talk about start of the career, that was definitely the start of my career. I was in no leadership position. I was, you know, an analyst on the desk doing all the work and still she recognized me as a leader. So when I got that nomination from her, I was like, whoa, I did not even think that was possible. And that is for people out there that, you know, are starting on their journey. Leadership is not a title in the company. Like leadership is who you are and how you behave. And you can be a leader in any position, in any role, in any industry, in any, you know, in any aspect of your life, if that's, you know, who you want to be and how you want to be um, perceived. So that just want to point out that leadership is not a title, even though titles, of course, yeah. matter. Such an important um, point. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the combination between humble and, and ambitious, I, you know, Catherine, I've mentioned this when we met the first time around. I have a hard time talking about it because I don't know that talking about it will make me sound that humble. <laughs> no, I think talking about it will absolutely bring um, this aspect of, of being a role model of, because I see so many, like I said, especially women um, struggling with the topic. So as someone where you live, I, if to me, it sounds like you give yourself the space to live both aspects, the ambition and the humility and just to to get a better understanding how do you do that yeah so um yeah so the, i mean the ambition um i you know i am ambition ambitious and i am relentless and i've made it a point um to get to where i am and i'm not done i'm gonna <laughs> keep going um and so I, i've worked really hard on it and i know that i can do it and I feel I have a responsibility to do it. And that's where, to me, that combination gets into. Because leadership, it's an honor, yes, but it is a responsibility. All of a sudden, it's no longer about you. It's about, again, the people that you work with. It's about your team. It's about the organization. It's about your customers. It's about the community. So you put yourself out there. And you take the successes and the victory on behalf of the people that you work with. And thinking about leadership as a responsibility 
is where that combination of humble and ambitious and relentless made sense for me. Um, because again, as I mentioned, it's not about showing off. It's not about, you know, telling people, Oh, look what I have or how much I make or, you know, it's not about the power itself. It's really about the responsibility. And therefore you can be any kind of leader and different organizations, different teams need different kind of leaders. There is not a one size fit all. It's not because of what you know, you see in Hollywood movies or you hear that that's what you got to do to be successful, that that what is actually you got to do to be successful. Like it is always dependent on on the context in which you're in. And and you can you can be a leader and be humble and give space to people and not always be on the front line. However, you cannot be a leader and hide like you, you if you are a leader you have to be visible and you have you make, to make yourself visible and vulnerable to the organization and to again to the to the team to the customers because you take on the responsibility on behalf of your team to succeed or to fail in whatever it is that you're doing yeah wow i hope many many listeners uh take Take an inspiration from that and, and see really, in if, if you're listening to this, just think for yourself, what are areas where if there's a strong wish from your side to be ambitious and humble at the same time, just think for yourself in which areas could you practice it maybe to, to live the ambition and, and to live the humility at the same time. Moving towards the end of the conversation. As we have many first-time leaders listening, what are recommendations or things where you say, oh gosh, I wish I had known that back then? <laughs> or anything else you want to share really as, as, as nuggets of inspiration? Yeah. So, well, first of all, um, I wish I had known that the word doesn't end if you make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely, you know, something that has to be part of your journey. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easier. You'll make mistakes. Um, and so just just know it and, and know it that life goes on and that and that you can recover. Take time to reflect what went wrong. What can I do different the next time? And you'll make it. The other thing I wish I had known is that no matter how much you try, people will leave you. Mm hmm. And uh, the first few times it hurts, um, especially mm -hmm. if you are a person like me that invests so much on their time um, on building the team and invest on the team. You will feel betrayed if we want to talk about trust again. And you will feel for a little while like your world is falling apart because why did I spend so much time doing this? Um, but then again, what you'll realize is that, you know, with every door that closes, there's a door that opens and you never know. You never know where that person that left you, you know, will be in the future and, and how that, that relationship will turn out. So even if people will leave you, don't take it too personal. Don't think it's necessarily, you know, your fault. You've done all that you could. And, you know, there's just this is of life and everybody chooses their own life and, and chooses to drive their own way. Um, yeah, I think those would be the two things that if I had to think about the couple of <laughs> back setbacks, <then. laughs> those would be the two things that looking yeah. back. Oh, thank you for sharing also those because then it's definitely like lessons learned and the listeners um 
feel more comfortable in making mistakes and also if people leave that it's it's a part of a normal let's say employee life cycle as well 100% yes <laughs> then we would come to our very last question that i ask all the guests invited to the podcast and it's an imaginary one so imagine for one day you have the possibility to make sure that leaders across the world show a specific behavior with their teams what would you like them or how would you like them to engage ideally? Oh, that is a great question. Um, okay, I'll take it in a bit of a roundabout way, but I'll get to the answer to your question. So um, what I believe in terms of like leadership behavior is that, you know, you, you can't you can become a leader. Like you're not born a leader. You have an opportunity and a chance to become a leader. And to stick to the word behavior that Catherine used, the behaviors that you do most consistently are the ones that are going to qualify you as a leader. And I truly believe that the small things are the ones that make the biggest impact and the biggest difference. And so to me, if there's one thing that I repeat to myself every single time, every day I come to work and that I wish every leader would do consistently is making small promises and keep them. Don't promise the mm -hmm. word, promise what you can do. And once you say you're going to do it, do it. It's going to make yeah. a huge, huge difference. Oh, absolutely. In trust, in just relationship with the team. Julia, thank you so much for being a guest here on the podcast. So many inspirations and I'm I'm sure, like you said before, your path doesn't end here. I'm really curious to see where it will take you and yeah, how much more people you can impact also with your leadership behavior. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much, Catherine. And to everybody out there that is thinking about their leadership journey, good luck. You got this <laughs> and we got your back. So well done for all that you've done. Thank you very much, Catherine. <laughs> all the best. This was destination leadership the podcast with inspiring leaders i'm curious to hear what is it from this interview that you take away that has inspired you write to me via instagram twitter or get in touch via linkedin all under my name katrin grunwald also if you have any feedbacks on the podcast or suggestions of leaders that have left a positive mark on you and you'd like others around the world To hear this inspiration too. I look forward to welcoming you again on the next episode of Destination Leadership. <laughs>